What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another Angle of Pursuit podcast, your fantasy football, sports betting, and NASCAR home. I'm your host, Kyle Robert. Follow me on Twitter at NotoriousKRO. With me to break down some of the latest news and some of actionable, you know, uh, advice as we head into basically the biggest draft weekend of the fantasy football calendar is Brian Twining. What's up, Brian? What's up, Kyle? Yeah, there's been a lot of stuff happening over these last few days alone. I mean, you know, the first couple of weeks of the preseason, we saw some injury news with the Saints, and now we got more big news out of New Orleans. We saw the Rams dealing with an injury at running back, and now there's a, another cog in the machine to worry about there. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to dive into these topics today. Yeah, we got four big topics to talk, jump into. Uh, we'll talk some Jags, we'll talk some Rams, we'll talk some Broncos, and we'll talk some Saints. Uh, try and get people as much information heading into that big draft weekend and uh, kind of what our thoughts are on on how to how to approach all of these situations. Um, I am going to pull up fantasy football calculator. The one so I've I want to get your opinion on this and I, I know we've talked about it before, but ADP is so like I feel like it's gone uh, it's it's the more like as time over the past couple of years, like if depending on where you look, how you the scoring is, what site you're drafting on, ADP swings pretty wildly. Um, and how much you know, how much of a uh, how much of a factor like recency bias plays, and and or if it's stuff that's been going on since November, that kind of stuff. But uh, it's really important that you kind of understand the room you're drafting in and understand the site you're drafting on. Yes. Um, w- when it comes to ADP, because I'm looking at like fantasy football calculator and Tyree kill is one eleven, and I've been drafting on underdog pretty much all off season. He's usually somewhere between pick five and pick eight um, for him to fall to the end of round one is, is pretty rare. Uh, so once again, knowing what you're doing, but Brian, how, I guess are, are you kind of like, you know, checking out different ADP at different sites, knowing like when you're doing your home leagues and drafting with, with other people. So normally when I do my home league drafts, I tend not to look too much into the ADP data because it, you know, when you're drafting with your buddies or with like family, family members, a lot of people in those drafts, I mean, everyone knows these, these fellow drafters who they know absolutely nothing about football. They do zero research. They, they show up the with sh- the magazine from June. Exactly. And it to be relevant. And that's when they, uh, exactly. And, or- and I actually play in a home league where the majority of people draft based off of positional need. So they're, they're looking at a sheet. Gotta that's get just your Gotta log by, out the starting rotation. It, exactly. So they're looking at it just by position and which completely throws off any ADP data. So for me, it's more so if I'm playing in any money leagues or like professional leagues, I'm definitely looking into the ADP stuff and it just helps me get a good idea of where these guys are going in terms of what their value is. So it yeah. allows me the chance to kind of determine, do I want to, do I want to reach for this guy or should I be waiting? You know, so it, it definitely plays a factor, but it's not something that I go, you know, a hundred percent off of when I'm drafting hundred percent. And don't, don't tie yourself to ADP. Don't feel like, well, exactly. ADP says that you should go, you know, five picks later, but if he's your favorite player left on the board, go and grab him because People are going to make wild call claims. They're going to exactly. They're going to they're going to draft things you don't expect. Receivers might go faster. Running backs might go faster. You got to be ready to um, be patient, be flexible, and and draft the players that 
that make the most sense and that are going to benefit your team. So um, let's jump into it. We got four things to jump into. And we'll start with James Robinson, who was like the wonder boy last year that absolutely dominated the the fantasy football landscape and became a guy that went from being undrafted to basically a league winning upside at running back, you know, top 10, top 12 type guy. Um, I think he was fifth or sixth in, in rushing yards. Um, but, you know, they drafted Travis Etienne. Everything was pointing towards, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. This offense evolving a little bit. Now Etienne's out. He's going to miss the basically the whole season. It seems like there, there's no chance they play him this year, which, I mean, for for running back especially, that, that does make a lot of sense. Now Robinson is, in theory, the guy. Um, last year we saw a lot of everything falling to Robinson's shoulders. This year we have we have Trevor Lawrence involved. We have Marvin Jones and DJ Chark and LaVisca Chanel. The passing game should be a lot more impactful. I guess... What are you doing with Robinson? Are you pushing him up because of the you know potential expected workload, um, or do you think kind of things don't like like well, I guess what yeah where are you at? What are you doing with him? Um, it, you know, as we head into drafts this weekend, or is he somebody that you might be targeting? I you know it the injury to Travis Etienne yeah I th- I think it definitely boosts james robinson's value it's not so much to the point where i'm like enamored with him in terms of like the fantasy outlook because this team is going to be garbage this season but you know i think it it's definitely within reason that he could produce very similar kinds of numbers if he's seeing anywhere near the volume that he was last year now mind you carlos hyde is in jacksonville who's familiar with Urban Meyer. So I do think that he's going to be seeing some some of those touches that James Robinson was seeing last yeah. year, who was literally playing like 97% of the team's offensive snaps. I think that's definitely going to go down. But, you know, it being a guy who's going to take the majority of the carries, I mean, we're probably looking at like an 80-20 split in terms of carries. Yeah. And this offense should operate at a faster pace. Mm-hmm. I think it should be a little bit better this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I think it's it's within you know the realm of outcomes that he's finishing top twenty, top fifteen in the position, especially being the guy all season there. Yeah, so the one th- the one thing I've heard is Urban is fine with Daryl Bevel kind of running the show, but does want him to play faster. Which, if you're a fantasy owner, is yes. is, is music to your ears. Yeah. Um, right now, James Robinson over the last two days per fantasy football calculator is going basically at the beginning of the fourth round. Um, going after DeAndre Swift, Josh Jacobs, before Darrell Henderson, Miles Sanders. I'm not sure I could get there at that price. Um, That's a little next, steep. Yeah, the next running backs would be Mike Davis, Miles Gaskin. At that point, I would be more interested in Robinson. Um, but then I'm looking at the fifth round, and you're looking at Kareem Hunt, you're looking at Javante Williams, you're looking at my boy Chase Edmonds. Um, you know, I, I think... I think there's a potential for him to be really useful, but as I mentioned, Carlos, Carlos Hyde, if he cuts into even a little bit of those carries, now we're talking a chunk. Now we're also saying, you know, we've seen Urban use guys like Curtis Samuel in the past as, as kind of flexible options yep. that aren't necessarily running backs that are pass catchers, but, you know, and and the LaVisca Chenault hype had been dwindled a little bit because of the Etienne edition. Now maybe Etienne, you know, maybe with Etienne out, LaVisca steps into some more of that, you know, short passing game, quick screens, line him up in a variety of spots. And once again, you know, Robinson can be involved in the passing game, but with the bevy of options they have, I feel like 
even if he is, it's going to be at a much reduced role from last year. All this is, is kind of capping his potential upside. And, and just for me, like at, at almost at no point, like, am I comfortable? Like I would probably honestly start considering him in kind of the sixth round around Damian Harris, Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon, Michael Carter. Um, and I still think I'd take most of those guys over him. Yeah, I don't know if I if if I'm that pessimistic about him. I mean, it, looking. Let me at, ask you. Okay, let me throw in a few names at you. So yeah. you're you're on the clock. It's the fourth round. Uh, DeAndre Swift or James Robinson. Well, let's just get this out there. I will probably more than likely not be taking a running back in the fourth round. I just, I lean wide receivers, right. but well, in well, that yeah, case, that's also I'm, part of my reasoning. And that's why I'm more comfortable <laughs> yeah. waiting till okay, the but fifth it, or six to go after. A, okay. But let's say, you know, let's say I'm definitely going DeAndre Swift. Are falling, you're comfortable. You're ready to take a running back. You're yeah. I'm, I'm, go- I'm going Swift for sure. Over, Josh over Robinson or James Robinson. Whew. I, honestly, I'm going with the guy in the better offense and in terms of who's going to be seeing more of the like the percentage of the offensive plays, and that's got to be uh, Jacobs for me. Interesting. Yeah. Um, the Kenyon Drake thing is really confusing to me. I've gone back. I don't forth. know what to do with that situation. Um, there are so many running back conundrums this year. Yeah. I mean, you just really have to buy, buy into the guys. I mean, Gruden loves to run the ball, so that I mean, that could make sense. Uh, Miles Sanders or James Robinson? I will not walk 5,000 or whatever the hell that's on 500 miles with Sanders anymore. So the for me, I'd be Sanders going James hate, Robinson hate is baffling to me. <laughs> like I know it's frustrating and I know that the Eagles run a, mu- a multitude of offense options and they brought in Kenneth Gadewell. They brought in carry on Johnson, but like, I will to- say, I think the reasoning for me with Miles Sanders, it really has less to do with the other guys in that running back room. And it has more to do with the fact that Jalen hurts will yeah. be, will be taking a lot of the ground. I mean, not sure. a lot, but he will be taking a, a percentage of the ground game, which could affect Sanders's output. hundred percent. That's why we, you know, people are pessimistic on Philly on Buffalo um, on a, on a few of those situations where the quarterback's getting five or six rushing touchdowns and a little more involved in the running game, you know, even, yeah. even, uh, Baltimore, but like, I don't really see a ton of difference between JK Dobbins and Miles Sanders and JK Dobbins is beginning of the third Miles Sanders is beginning of the fourth. Like it's a round difference. I'll take the, I'll take the discount all day long. Uh, Without getting too off topic, I think the reasoning behind that is the fact that Baltimore has been the league's rush heaviest offense each sure. of the each each season under Lamar Jackson, and I don't see that changing. And even with Lamar taking, you know, thirty percent of the carries away from those running backs, um, I think this is an MVP season for Jackson. So I think that this offense is really going to be churning, which leads me to believe that both of those guys in the backfield, Gus Edwards and JK Dobbins could approach seven to eight touchdowns. Yeah. Um, which give both of them value, not necessarily third round value, but you know, it, in that case, I'd actually prefer James Robinson over a guy like JK Dobbins, just because of the fact that he is the one a, yeah. you know, to a very lesser one B in an offense. Whereas Dobbins is going to have competition from Edwards and yeah. Lamar. Yeah, I mean, we could be looking at a 40% usage for Dobbins, and that's nothing you want. I mean, at least with Robinson, even if the offense isn't quite as effective and um, he's not yeah. quite as talented, if he's seeing 75 80% of the running touches and mm-hmm. getting a, a smattering of pass catchers, 
Um, yeah, I mean, he he could definitely outproduce uh, a lot of those guys. It sounds like I won't be getting him. You might have a, a, a few shares come the weekend's end. But um, if people get aggressive, because it is funny, because I feel like if Etienne didn't get drafted and we had this kind of hype and it was just the James Robinson show, he would be going in kind of that second round range, you know, maybe a little, maybe after Taylor, but like the Antonio Gibson, Joe Mixon, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, JK Dobbins range. Like if we just, if Etienne just didn't happen, I feel like that's where he would be going. So yeah, if you like him, you believe in him, you think he can be the real deal. You're actually getting a little bit of a discount um, on him, but I will be curious after this big draft weekend to see kind of if his ADP gets pushed up because of all those factors. Yeah, it'll it'll be really it'll be really curious to see. And maybe they go out and they make another addition too, because mm-hmm. I mean Carlos Hyde is on his Car- last legs. Yeah, Car- I mean Carlos Hyde's there. They could go after a Peterson or a Gurley. They could uh, there could be some uh, some guys that are kind of uh, on the fringe with other teams. You know, Steelers yep. guys might be making some cuts. I know there's a few teams, so it will be interesting to see if uh, some of these teams make moves. Uh, speaking of making moves, let's head out to the West Coast and talk about the Rams. Um, Cam Akers goes down, Darrell Henderson time, uh, but then they bring in Sony Michelle, a, a running back who, at, at coming out of Georgia, had all the upside in the world. First round talent uh, has flashed at times, but has also had a lot of injuries and um, yes. has been kind of stuck in the mud, as as some of people say. Um, so, but. So I, I'm trying to figure out how valid this is. Uh, I did come away with with uh, Sony Michelle late in my draft on Saturday in my in my big home league, thinking maybe he could win in New England. You know, as as we mentioned, we we lean wide receiver heavy. Was scram going for scraps at the running back position. Um, initially, was kind of excited about this. Henderson was a guy that I was really excited about. Um, McVeigh came out and said basically it doesn't change the outlook for what Henderson was going to be. The Rams did give up a couple draft picks to make this deal happen. I guess like when you when you hear McVeigh say that, do you Uh, assume that Henderson was always going to be the guy and they they were because they were going to bring in somebody they had to have. You know, between Xavier Jones and Jake Funk, like that wasn't going to be their backup going. (laughs) They were not going to be getting funky. Right, right. But do you think that means the plan was always to bring in somebody else and kind of give them 20% of the workload? Or do you think that means Henderson's the guy, all systems go, and Michelle is purely a backup that's going to be there in case things get off the rails? Dude, quite honestly, I am like staying away from this situation this weekend in particular in one of my home league drafts, just because you hear McVay speak, this does not change the situation. Now, I mean, we've seen it multiple times before coach speak. You can't really trust it. And is this an indication that he's referring to what the plan was for Henderson prior to Cam Akers injury in terms of the percentage of touches that was going to be split between the guys? Or is this them acknowledging Darrell Henderson is going to be the guy he's going to see 60 to 70% of the, of the carries and Sony Michelle is just going to be sprinkled in there. I don't really know where to go with this considering this Rams, the same Rams team was running three guys out there on a weekly basis last year. And I don't see them really wanting to just feed one guy, especially with a running back room that is super short now yeah. without acres and just, you know, two really young guys behind Michelle and Henderson. 
I think this is going to be one of those rotational things where it's a hot hand approach every week in, to a certain degree. So it like, I want to see kind of the ADP, the way it adjusts over the next week or so. And then also as we get closer to the season, how integrated Sony Michelle is into this offense before I'm like jumping in uh, Daryl Henderson. I know this, I'm totally backtracking on my statement about Henderson, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about them going out and, you know, getting a guy like Michelle to take some touches. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is legitimately, legitimately concerning. That being said, uh, I would take Daryl Henderson over James Robinson a hundred times out of a hundred. Uh, oh, it's so much better the, offense. Like I believe in the offense. I believe yeah. in the player. Um, I believe McVeigh is happy to use one guy if he can find a guy that he likes and and will trust. We've seen it with Gurley. Um, I think part of what happened was, um, you know, they they kind of used um, used Henderson. Didn't really like what they he was doing. Kind of got a little banged up. Then they yep. brought in Acres and used him a bunch. Um, there is some concern because they had Henderson, they gave him a workload, and then they decided to use heavy draft capital on Acres. And as we've talked about before, Brian, it yep. doesn't matter what we think; it matters nope. what the coach thinks about the player. And if the coach doesn't think the player has it, they will move on, and we just have to suck it up and deal with it. Yeah, um, I almost feel like on that note, I feel like this situation is like perfectly reminiscent of that Spider-Man image of the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other because like, I mean, although Henderson hasn't changed teams, both of these guys are in a very similar situation. New England went out, spent pretty high draft capital on Sony Michelle and then went out and drafted Damian Harris because they didn't really think that he was going to be the guy. They're like the same exact player in terms of what their career path has taken. And I think it's going to be a competition early on to see who's going to be the hot hand, who's going to see the majority of the touches, who's going to be the goal line guy. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it definitely scared me away. They, to me right now, this is new England West at the moment. Yeah. And, and what have we done with new England? What have we done with San Francisco? We take the cheaper option. And we yeah, I would much better. rather take Michelle rule. So if you're right sitting now. in double digit rounds, you've gone receiver heavy. Maybe you have a tight end. You need a running back. Sony, uh, you have Sony Michelle, you have Carlos Hyde, you have whatever running back in New England not named Damian Harris. Who you, who you, who are you taking? Who do you believe in the most out of that that kind of combination? Oh man, well, it, I would probably. I mean, this is kind of surprising for I'm that that late in the draft. I'm not looking for you know, steady performances. I'm looking for somebody who could boom and who could give me the best performances. To me, it's got to be Ramondre Stevenson because I so wish I would have tweeted this out uh, weeks ago. He looks exactly like LeGarrette Blunt. And just today there's talk about him speaking with Blunt about, you know, developing more of a powerful running style. What, what made him so successful in new England? And if he's anything <laughs> like Blunt in New England, even with Cam Newton there, you're looking at a guy with 10 touchdown potential, even with Damian Harris taking the yeah. ball 20 to 20. I just, I would much rather have that than Michelle, who may be seeing half the touches in, in LA. There's just so much uncertainty and we've seen what he can do. He's, he's not going to be that 150 a game guy, you know, especially on a team with Matthew Stafford playing quarterback. So I think I think there's a path to Sony being the feature back and getting 80% of the work. I think that is a very within his realm of outcomes. Is it, is it likely? Probably not. But is it possible? 100%. Uh, I, th- I think the same thing with Stevenson. Um, as you mentioned, with Carlos Hyde, that's not that's not in the range of outcomes. No. Even if 
even if Carlos Hyde is the the guy, he's seeing eighty. Per, he's seeing what Robinson's he's, seeing. Eighty percent of the work, seventy percent of the work. Not really in the passing game, kind of. So he would be the number three. I like Ramondre Stevenson a lot. That being said, Sony Michelle's probably the answer. Uh, but if you're happy with your running back room and you're shooting for the moon, you're looking for a guy who can just take over the role and you like what Henderson could possibly be. I think Ramondre is, is a fun name to, to target and he's a super, super interesting value later in drafts. Let's head to Denver where Teddy Bridgewater has been named the starter. Brian, we've talked about this a little bit, um, kind of expectations for, for what we should do. Um, the good news coming out of Denver also is it sounds like uh, Cortland Sutton's going to be good to go on uh, whenever their next preseason game is this weekend. Um, everything's pointing to him kind of being yep. ready for week one, which is kind of a, a bit of a, a, a newsy item. Uh, the Noah Fant news isn't great with him kind of potentially missing week one, but you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm not super, super worried, but um, obviously unless it's a super deep league, Teddy's probably not getting drafted, but for you in terms of what your expectations are for those, this Broncos offense, uh, now that Teddy is the guy where, like what pieces do you want? What interests you um, from, from Denver? Well, I feel like I'm just riding along the bandwagon here. And I really think that this is a huge boon to Jerry Judy's success because I mean, we saw all the statistics, you know, a few months back about how he had the least, he had the least amount of catchable targets in the NFL yeah. last year with Drew Locke behind center. Um, and he still almost got to a thousand receiving yards. This guy is just an absolute stud at the wide receiver position. Um, Teddy Bridgewater was completing like close to 70% of his passes last year in Carolina, three guys in Carolina, almost, almost had over a thousand receiving yards. They, they had three guys with a, a, over a hundred, almost a hundred targets. I think Judy is like to the moon right now. Yeah. Sutton I'm slightly worried about just because he's more of the, he's like the Kenny Galladay style receiver where he needs the guy to just chuck, chuck it up. And Teddy, sure. Teddy two gloves doesn't seem like that gunslinger to do that. So I know I kind of did have some success with Robbie Anderson last year. And if they can run some similar plays, I know Anderson saw a little bit more like slant and take off for the touchdown. Um, I do wonder if we are sleeping on Sutton just a little bit because two years ago, this guy was absolutely incredible. Um, but I'm with you, you know, a year, basically he's been dealing with injuries. He's still sort of dealing with injuries. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I was just going to say Cortland Sutton for me is like that Allen Robinson type receiver where we probably discredit his route running a little bit, but it's, it's, it's in those one-on-one opportunities where he really shines and it like without a quarterback who does that, it's really hard for them to put up the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And Jerry Judy is absolutely somebody I'm, I'm excited about. Um, I, I loved him as a player coming out of Bama. Very excited. I wish he had gone to a better system in terms yes. of Denver, but this could be interesting. We saw last year in Carolina, even with Teddy having issues getting, uh, throwing passing touchdowns, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Curtis Samuel, all top 25 options. I think uh, Jerry Judy could easily out, outperform his, uh, ADP. He is going an interesting range. He's going right after Chase Claypool and T. Higgins, right, uh, right before Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, Jamar Chase. Um, so it is an interesting range. There is a lot of potential, and I think clusters like that are going to be the key to figuring out who wins fantasy football this year. Um, I like Jerry Judy a lot. 
but I'm not. I, I definitely won't be taking him over T. Higgins, over DJ Moore, over Chase Claypool. And I, when I'm talking about names like Odell, I would take over him. Jamar Chase, I'd probably take over him, although it's close. Um, I would take Judy over Thomas and over Antonio Brown. What say you? I, you know, I early on in the season, early, 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 when we first started talking fantasy, like Judy was kind of an afterthought for me, but after like diving deeper into it, seeing what he actually did on the field, I mean, the dude had almost 900 receiving yards on 52 receptions. Yeah. I mean, they have insanely talented and he's a second year receiver, which tend to have a lot of success. And I feel like they had probably the worst Mm -hmm. quarterback play in terms of consistency. They had Kendall Hinton playing quarterback at one point last year. (laughs) Like, even if he Uh, just gets like average quarterback play, as long as it's consistent, getting the balls in position where he could be, where he could catch the ball. Like, this could be a guy that, you know, we're all excited about like what Brandon Ayuk could be, you know, Judy could smash him in terms of production. Tyler Lockett, I like a lot, but those could be inconsistent weeks where Judy could be a lot more reliable. You know, it probably depends a little bit too on kind of how you draft, right? If you take Robert Woods or Cooper Cup, maybe Jerry Judy isn't quite as exciting. But if you take guys that have big spike weeks, but that could underwhelm a little bit, maybe he's somebody that becomes a little more interesting. I, you know, I, I will just say if Jerry Judy approaches even Robbie Anderson type targets, Jerry Judy is going to blow away no. the numbers that Robbie Anderson put up because no, no offense to Robbie Anderson. He is not the, he's not the athlete. He's not at the skill level of Jerry Judy. I just think that, I mean, it, okay. Over those guys right there, I would take Jerry Judy over DJ Moore over chase Claypool probably oh man it's really hard with that cincinnati situation i'm i'm yeah. not taking jamar chase over jerry judy there's just too many mouths to feed there definitely over michael thomas i'm still really high on odell so i would probably lean with the history of odell over judy but uh yeah. see the love... situation is just like this is a team that showed they're going to pass more a guy that we've seen go for 1400 yards and, and double digit touchdowns I worry I just, about his relationship you, with Bakersfield. If, if it's but close he's at all, so talented. If if it's close at all, when you can go, I know you hate him, but Baker <laughs> versus Bridgewater, like it's not even a debate. Well, and it's just the overall success of the offense too. Like yeah, and sure. like how many opportunities they're going to be seeing. Because the another worry about this whole Denver situation is the fact that this team is built on their defense. I mean, it's Vic mm-hmm. Fangio. He's a defensive minded coach. They're going to want to keep these games in the high teens, low twenties. They're not trying to go out here and try to boat race people in the thirties yeah. because they, if that's happening, they're probably not able to compete. So. Yeah. You know, I and Sutton's there, and fans there, and the running backs. There, there is a yeah. lot of mouths to feed in an offense that we don't expect to be quite as uh, high octane as Cincinnati, okay. as Cleveland, as some of these other situations. So there, there is reason to have pessimism. But yes, um, I, it, I, 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 I appreciate the uh, the spicy bold takes of of one Brian Twining. 
it is super interesting though when you when you take a look at these um these situations because if say jerry judy was in cd lamb's position last year and he was on the cowboys we'd be talking about jerry judy right now as a top 10 receiving option going into this season um yeah he'd so that, be, he'd be he'd be in that like early third round range with keenan allen exactly and allen robinson that's the thing is like the talent level is wide receiver one worthy but it's just what are we going to see out of this offense and teddy bridgewater and if you can get him at that price that he's currently being drafted as as you know the sixth round um you have the opportunity to get yourself a wide receiver one super late so that's kind of why he has that upside to put up that 12 1400 yard season 100 percent uh, let's head down to New Orleans and talk about Jameis Winston being named the starter. Oh, uh, Brian, Lord. we talked about this a little bit. Um, I assumed that when the Michael Thomas injury happened, that McVay would go a little more run heavy. Um, I've been drafting. Um, you mean Sean Payton? Him too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been drafting uh, best ball teams with a lot of Latavius Murray, who is apparently now going to get cut and Taysom Hill. And I'm not feeling super, super great about those, about those combinations. Luckily, um, thank, thank the Lord. It's not luckily, Taysom, Hill uh, for yeah, luckily Taysom was basically a last round pick. So it's not going to kill me too, too much. And he was my, always my quarter, quarterback three, um, in those builds, but I guess Jameis, are, are they just seeing, like, obviously I like the talent. I think he, yep. he can be a really good quarterback. I think he has a lot of potential. Sure, he makes some dumb mistakes, but if he can clean that up a little bit, he can be a really, really valuable option. I guess they either feel good about potentially Michael Thomas coming back. I know Troutman's banged up a little bit. Uh, Marquez Callaway has been an admiration and is flying up draft boards. They They have a few other pieces, but is this just a reaction to seeing what like Tampa and Carolina can do offensively knowing they have to keep up? Or do you think there's more to this where Jameis um, could potentially just kind of carry this offense when it, you know, it's less about who's catching the passes and more about him being just the better option. That's a really interesting question because this offense has always been predicated on ball control and the ability to maintain drives and put the ball into the end zone. And that's not something that we've consistently seen out of Jameis Winston. So no, I I mean, I'm excited for the potential of the big plays, but the fact that they have nobody on the outside, I mean, everyone's all excited about Marquez Calloway, but this is preseason folks. Like teams are (laughs) running like the most basic schemes on defense, on offense, like, I mean, if you're just putting a guy on an island, yeah, more than likely he's going to get beat on the outside. But I'm really curious to see how these pass catchers do, especially early on in the season if Jameis Winston's back there. And, I mean, it, are we? I think this is going to be a Alvin Kamara offense once again, maybe even yeah. like heavier than we've seen before because there is literally nobody on the outside catching passes. I don't really care that... Callaway looks good and it's Sean Payton, but I mean, who the hell is he throwing to? He's throwing yeah. to a converted wide receiver at tight end, Juwan Johnson, who's taking over for Troutman. He got hurt already. Marquez Callaway is the number one guy. I mean, they have Deontay, uh, Deontay Harris, five foot six, Deontay Harris. I mean, are you really trusting that those guys are going to be able to produce for Winston? I mean, yeah. it's hard for me to get behind this offense at all. So do you consider drafting Camara? Like, cause right now Camara was like the clear, like 
fourth or fifth options, either him or Zeke, were basically one of the 104, 105 in almost yeah. every draft I've been in. Is there a world where you draft Kamara over Dalvin Cook? Is there a world where you draft Kamara over Christian McCaffrey? Mm, I don't think Kamara goes that high just because, like, I mean, you know what? That's a real. Uh, that I'm like, sitting say, here, say full PPR. Like, is there a world where you take him as the 102 and he's catching 100 passes and maybe he, he's on pace for a thousand thousand season or something close to that? Um, and I think that's definitely within within possible. I think there's a better chance of that happening than him not doing yeah. something of that nature because it, we've seen it this this preseason. The rumblings are that the uh, Tony Jones is the favorite to be the Tojo, second running baby. back. Like they're gonna they're gonna dump Latavius Murray all of a sudden, and if they do that, yeah. that to me is an indication that they're ready to give Alvin Kamara, you know, the lion's share of the carries, and he's going to see upwards of fifteen to twenty carries now on top of his receiving game work. And if that were to happen, he's a guy who could compete with McCaffrey in terms of the one hundred and one, and. This yeah, because like I love Christian McCaffrey and he's incredible and yeah. everything. But like the auto assumption that Christian McCaffrey is the one on one and everybody I mean, else is just in line behind him, I think is a little uh, aggressive. I don't know, man. If it, it, it's kind of one of those things you you continue to ride the wave until yeah. it absolutely crashes. And yeah, I mean, I last mean, year was ugly. Even, but, Even in the games he played, though, last year, yeah. he still saw like 75% yeah. of the team's offense. And with Joe Brady, that, I mean, he, he could he, be sick. Like, Yeah, uh, ex- exactly. You're, you're looking at, okay, in McCaffrey, you're looking at a guy who's probably going to run for over 1,200 yards and probably have 1,000 receiving yards. I mean, and that those are the floors for him. <laughs> Ryan, I mean, it's too easy. It can't, <laughs> never this easy. They, that's what we tell ourselves, but oftentimes, yeah. that's like, it's, I like, it's I like that to easy. Be, I like to be a little different. I like to think outside um, the box, but sometimes. On Kamara, I get a little too cute for my own good, and, yeah. and just take the take the best player. Don't th- don't overthink it, and go from there. I said this the other day on uh, responding to somebody on Twitter. Sometimes it's paralysis by analysis, and sometimes you just have to put away the data and just go on your instinct. And the instinct is McCaffrey's going to kick ass. And yeah. the same thing with with Kamara. I had Kamara number two last year, and I don't see any reason why he's going to see a decline in passing game work. I think he's only going to increase, especially with Michael Thomas out and the likelihood of them utilizing that top five offensive line even more with Winston to avoid mistakes, I think sees him, you know, approaching the teens in terms of carries as opposed to like the 12, the 12, 13 he was seeing. So yeah, yeah, for me, Kamara, I think is kind of on the same level as Dalvin cook now jumps. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't fault anybody who, who drafts those two. Um, Yeah. You know, whether you go second or third, even Derek Henry can get there. I know he doesn't catch passes, but his his safety and upside at, at, at you know is is if you're going to draft a running back early he makes he makes all too much sense and then of course this is the year that no everyone's off and I buy in and this is when the <laughs> wheels fall off and then I'm going to be yep. stuck with egg on my face anyway so uh make sure you follow us on Twitter if you're not already doing so make sure you smash that thumbs up make sure you subscribe to the pod let us know what you you know what are you doing with these players what are you doing with the Saints what are you doing with the Broncos let us know down in the comments uh, as you head into drafts this weekend, hit us up on Twitter if you have questions, if you want some yes. help, if you need a little more uh, assurance on maybe a pick or a play or whatever it may be. That's Brian Twining. I'm Kyle Robert. Good luck with your drafts, and we'll talk to you guys next week.